Welcome to the Fueling the Future weekly podcast, where we get to the bottom of global trends, issues, and developments in future fuels and vehicles. Are you looking for real insight and analysis from the industry's top experts? Are you trying to stay ahead of the curve and read the tea leaves on future fuels and vehicles issues? Are you one of those people figuring out how to make this happen? Then you're in the right place. My name is Tammy Klein, and with me today is John Haywood of MIT, and we're going to continue our discussion about uh, MIT's On the Road 2050 uh, study. So I want to turn to fuels, and uh, specifically gasoline octane. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is that the study recommended increasing octane but as, as we know, the refining industry really has been against this. Um, I've been at meetings where refining uh, officials stood up and said, well, we have high octane. It's called 93. You know, that's, that's, there's your octane. And there isn't uh, a lot of appetite for, for doing anything um, on octane at this time from the refining industry. And we know that EPA has said that at this time they have no plan to regulate octane without a more concrete showing of harm to the, the fleet, the vehicle fleet, uh, without it, or to public health and the environment, uh, which is, the, as you know, is the typical showing that needs to be, to be, uh, to be made to, to take that kind of action under the Clean Air Act. But we also know that the auto industry has advocated for increasing uh, octane and, and needs octane for some of these future uh, technologies. So the question I have for you is how likely do you see the increase um, in octane happening? And do you see it as something like a 95 uh, run, which is what some automakers have advocated for or something else? And do you see from from maybe more of the policy end, do you think the refining industry could actually move in this direction um, as a way to, you know, to, to keep market share as, as we begin to see electric vehicles and, and so forth uh, come more and more into, into the mix. Thank you. 
I want to ask you about electricity and transportation. The team concluded with respect to electricity and transportation that without additional technological breakthroughs, pure battery electric vehicles are likely to be limited to modest sales volumes and the major barrier uh, beside it is recharging times, which you already indicated a little bit earlier. There are, though, strong consumer environmental and industry proponents that are really behind uh, battery electric vehicles. You know, even some countries are looking at either mandating battery electric vehicles and or providing packages of incentives to increase battery electric vehicles uh, in the fleet. I just um, looked at a study 
not too long ago from Bloomberg New Energy Finance that, that estimates that 35% of all new vehicle sales will either be battery electric or pl plug-in hybrid electric vehicles by 2040. It's a really, really progressive, bullish view um, of, um, of the evolution of, of, uh, of BEVs. So my question to you is, given what you know and given what you and the, and the team concluded in the study, you know, is it is is the is this warranted? And what are these groups really missing in in the analysis that that you guys are seeing? Because it's it's very clear. It's it's clear from from uh, reading the study that you know the internal combustion engine is you know is is going to be a valuable part of of the fuel transportation energy mix uh, for some time to come.
It's huge because with all the uncertainty, you know, uh, it's very, very clear that, you know, policymakers are moving forward. Generally, policies aren't set with every uncertainty possible and every scenario, you know, uh, covered. But it does seem like, from my standpoint, that many policymakers are entering into this and, you know, beginning to set policies to require and doing whole, you know, climate change, at least for the transport aspect of their climate change mitigation plans, it really hinges a lot on decarbonizing power and so that, you know, that they can, you know, require or mandate now or in the near future electric vehicles. And there's a lot of, it's almost, you know, kind of going into the to the tunnel with no lamp on your on your head, so to speak. There's no, uh, and and that's um, that's that's concerning because if we're not just talking about the U.S., we're talking about Europe and you know China, other other countries that are really uh, beginning to move in that direction. Thank you. 
I have one last question I want to ask you about one of the uh, one of the findings. The 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 study team notes that in, in the study that market based approaches such as cap and trade, uh, carbon tax, and increasing fuel taxes are more economically efficient and reduce the cost of achieving emissions reductions than better than current policies such as re the renewable fuel standards and cafe. In fact, the study found that the RFS and CAFE are, quote, at least six times more expensive, end quote, as a gasoline tax and that they, quote, result in a smaller reduction in passenger vehicle gasoline use than the sum of reductions under each policy implemented in isolation, while the cost of combining policies is roughly additive, end quote. So the, the, the team acknowledges how difficult politically it is to raise the gas tax. You know, we, we, all, we all know that. But does the recent urgency coming out of the climate change talks, the COP21, to tackle climate change challenge that automakers will have to implement CAFE and the difficulties inherent in the RFS program? And now, just this, this morning, you know, Exxon coming forward or, or, or really uh, uh, being more out front about openly advocating for carbon tax. Does that move the needle toward action on any of those uh, three approaches that, that were suggested in the study?
We will uh, end it there. I want to thank everyone for listening. And John, I especially want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been a really, really interesting uh, discussion. You all are doing great work, and I hope to have you on the show again. Before we end, for the listeners out there, please do us a favor. Head over to iTunes and rate this podcast. It, this is huge for us in terms of improving our ranking and keeping the show visible so that other people can discover and learn from it. Uh, thanks ahead of time for, for helping us out. And again, I want to thank John for joining us uh, today, and we'll end it there. Mm-hmm.